I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to Book Club That Sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going heavenly it's going heavenly oh wow so today we are chatting about rosalind palmer takes the cake by alexis hall but first mom if you could completely get rid of one month out of the year which month would it be and why i could completely get rid of see my life is so easy now that's true that it's hard to pick a month um one mm. month out of the year, maybe like a February. Yeah, that's kind of what like. I, not, February is already like a short month anyway. Like, what's the point of it? I don't like, much care for Valentine's. Not Day. really spring, but winter's over. So yeah. it's like if you live where it snows, that's where it's yeah. like just wet and nasty all the time. Um, I don't know. Probably something like that. Yeah, that's probably what I. I also don't love January. I mean. Yeah. It's kind of like the post, you know, Christmas blues a little bit. Yeah. But, but I do like winter months. I know. So that's why I'm like. Especially because we get so few of them where we yeah, live. We need the rain. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Or maybe like August. No offense. <laughs> yeah. Rude. <laughs> but, you know, summer starts to feel like it's just dragging on. Especially for us, where yeah, where we have a lot of summer and it's hot, gets hot, Um, and that's I mean, lately with how the fires have been treating us, that's usually like our worst month is August. Yes, it's true. Um, that was just a random getting to know you question that I found. Well, I had to give it a a minute of thought, (laughs) which I know doesn't make great podcast banter, but it does really depend on like where you live. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um. And I asked that question because reading and watching has been pretty much the same <laughs> yeah, around, around been, these parts. I haven't been doing much. I'm trying to think. If we went to a movie this... Oh, we went and saw Dune. Did we talk about going to see Dune? Um, I don't know. I don't think we did. First of all, my son Ryan has been waiting for this movie... For like years. Literally for years. Yeah. And, and uh, like we've only... like. Any new piece of information that has ever come out about this movie, we would get texts about it, and, um, like, his daughter, his four-year-old daughter, likes to watch the trailer, and because the sandworm cracks her up, she just goes, ha, ha, ha. Um, so now every time we see the movie and we watch the sandworm, we, Ellen and I are like, ha, ha. <laughs> Every time the sandworm comes on. Um... Yeah, all the all the boys in our family have read the book and we're super excited for the movie. I feel like this is the rare occasion because listen, those boys don't read a lot of books. 
Yeah, but there are always these books that are like, Ryan always wants me to read these books that are like a thousand pages long. It's like, I haven't got that kind of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the rare occasion where um, mom and I were not the book readers <laughs> in this scenario. However, the, there is an, a naked Oscar Isaac scene, which yeah. I was down Listen, for. Listen, it was pretty funny because um, my sister-in-law and I were talking about like, you know you're officially a grown woman where you when you watch Dune, you don't lust for Timothy Chalamet. You lust for Oscar silver Isaac. fox, beardy, oh like gosh, brawny yes. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I was on board. Yeah. <laughs> and he's even younger than me, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that's, that was, we were talking about that for a while. Yes. And laughing. Anyway, so we took the full family. Yep. You know, no kids, but we took all of my children and yes. there's... I hate to say significant others because really one is just a friend, but um, well, and one wife, and, <laughs> and we took everybody to to the IMAX to yes, see it because Ryan wanted to see it in all its glory on the IMAX, and it was delightful. First of all, it was just fun to be all together and enjoying such a delightful thing, and and then. My husband wanted to go see it again. So he and I, which is like, okay, you can see it on HBO Max. And he's like, well, but I don't get to get popcorn. (laughs) Yeah, that's really all mom and dad care about. (laughs) So we went and saw it again. So plus, you know, it kills an afternoon. We have a lot of afternoons that need killed. Yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah. So and then I, I mean, I have been homesick this week. Just for a day. Yeah. I mean, but. Um, so I've been watching a lot of Taskmaster. Yeah. And now at this point, I'm just rewatching seasons that I've seen already. Yeah. And they are quite delightful. Well, it's just so fun. I just love that show, you guys. Okay. Today we are chatting about Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake by Alexis Hall. It is the first book in his new Winner Bake All series that came out this May. The second book, uh, Paris Court is about to crumble, is set to come out next year. Um, you, and it's based on a different season of the, the show. show. Yes, is what I can understand. Ex- Bake expectations. expectations. Um, we previously reviewed his book, Boyfriend Material, which we loved, and we gave it our book of the year yes. for last year. Um, so go listen to that episode if you haven't, because that's a book that we really did. We really did love. love it love, was an love. LOL. Yeah, love loved um okay so here's the back cover description for rosalind palmer takes the cake following the recipe is the key to a successful bake rosalind palmer has always lived by those rules well except for when she dropped out of college to raise her daughter amelie now with a paycheck as useful as greaseproof paper and a house crumbling faster than biscuits and tea she's teetering on the edge of financial disaster but where there's a whisk there's a way see what they did there and rosalind has just landed a spot in the nation's most beloved baking show winning the prize money would give her daughter the life she deserves and rosalind is determined to stick to the instructions however more than collapsing trifles stand between rosalind and sweet sweet victory suave well-educated and parent approved alan pope knows all the right moves to sweep her off her feet but it's shy electrician harry dobson who makes rosalind question her long-held beliefs about herself her family and her desires. Rosalind fears falling for Harry is a guaranteed recipe for disaster. Yet as the competition and the ovens heat up, Rosalind starts to realize the most delicious bakes come from the heart. Mom, what did you think of Rosalind Palmer takes the cake? I'm going to give it a love, Ellen. Yeah. There were a couple little things 
that now I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. had little quibbles. Nothing major, though. And um, But I, I did love it. Yeah, I, um, I'm i also going to give it a love. Um, I hate to compare it to boyfriend material. Very, but I was just about to say, very different from boyfriend. Very different. So don't compare it. In fact, don't think of it as someone else having written the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely not as, like, LOL. This one seems a lot... I mean, boyfriend material was also introspective and also so... I mean, this sounds terrible to say, also sort of had a women's fiction vibe <laughs> about two men. But, um, I don't know. But I, uh, I don't I don't know what you label it as because that's just it's what... Just, uh, unfortunately... Fiction? Just fiction? Can you any, do that? Any fiction that just deals with, like, feelings automatically somehow becomes women's fiction. Um, um, which is, you know... Against bullshit. everything this book yeah, stands for. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, this one definitely has a, a more introspective, I think, um, and more of a women's fiction vibe to it yes. than Boyfriend Material did. Um, and kind of is much more concerned with um, Rosalind's journey and yes. less concerned with her journey being about her romance although it is a large factor see now i hadn't read the book back back of the book because i never do yeah because i like to just throw myself into a story um so i didn't know what was going on at first yeah and there were it's funny because there were little signals that i'm like this does not he doesn't seem like because i was thinking oh it's Um, alan um and i said they get a pretty good meet cute they do get a meet cute but then I think it was right at the beginning when he called someone pudgy or referred mm-hmm. to someone as being overweight. And I was like, uh, that is not a romance hero thing. Like right off the bat. And so then I was like, what is going on here? Uh-huh. So it's, this is different in that she doesn't even hook up with like to like 90% yeah. before she even, well, kisses him. Yeah. Not till the very, very end. And then the epilogue, or well, I guess the very end, they have sex. But, um, so she's actually having sex with someone else during most of the story. Yeah, So that is different than most of our books. Yeah. So kudos. Um, and I know that that is kind of like a big uh, no-no for a lot of people, is having to read about our lead character with somebody else. Um, but... I thought he made it work in this book. I think so, too. And, like, you get enough of Harry throughout. I mean, I, of course, would have liked more Harry just because <laughs> I loved Harry. Sounds like he needs shaved. Yeah. But, um, yes, I loved Harry, too. He's yeah. A very, he was a sweetheart. We'll get to him. What did you think of Rosalind as our heroine? Um, honestly, <laughs> there was a couple things she did that bugged me. Um, but... She did make a journey, mm-hmm. and she did grow, mm-hmm. and she did change. I, I, I didn't like. I know you and I have discussed this, and I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up, but I'm, I'm not sure I liked how she would call people out on the way on things she did that she didn't that she didn't like. Well, here's what I'll say. It sometimes bugged me that for someone who is defensive about people making assumptions about her based on her sexuality, she made some assumptions about people based on less than that at times. (laughs) Not that, like, any of it is good, but... And that's mainly with Harry, but I also think that that's kind of a lesson that she learns about herself is that, you know, she can be 
judgy too. I just wish that it seemed to land with her more than it had. Um, Well, like when he first meets her and he calls her love and she gets kind of ornery with him and, and, and there's ways to handle that kind of situation that I think would have been nicer. I don't, yeah, I don't take issue with the fact that she tells him, hey, I don't love that. Like, yeah. can we? But she kind of does it in kind of a bitchy way. And yeah. she's um, not, she's not very nice to Harry yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the beginning. Well, and I think that's part of the point is she realized she made assumptions about him and she points this out a couple of times throughout mm-hmm. the story that she made assumptions about him and so was very, you know, whatever he says, I'm not going to like kind of thing and the thing is is like him using love as a word you know calling her love um it's kind of a cultural thing from where i from his upbringing and i don't necessarily think it was meant in any kind of derogatory way in fact i know it wasn't meant in a derogatory way it was just a word that's used that and um, like i call people hun all the time and stuff like that and i don't know and i i know that not a raisin to that yeah but I actually kind of, I always like it when people call me hun. I call, I've called you hun. Well, not you. I don't care about you. But like people hmm. at, <laughs> like, <laughs> like when older ladies at the grocery store who are checking me out call me hun, I'm like, oh, thanks. That oh, makes thanks. me feel kind of special. <laughs> um, so there were a couple of times when I was like, okay, I get that you're trying to make a point with this person, yeah. but I think there's nicer ways you could have gone about it. I was totally like with her when she called out the teacher at, yes. in the beginning because I was as, as well. a teacher now like that needed to be called out. Um, and I did find it interesting definitely to have a bisexual heroine and read some of the discrimination like that and some of the more like microaggressions that they faced. Well, I really liked that she pointed out that, you know, just because I'm bisexual doesn't mean that I'm slutty. Yeah. I mean, that whole, you know, scenario that she goes through with Alan, which was well, hellacious. I liked, but... I liked a lot of, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, But I liked a lot of the conversations she would have with people where, you know, like, um, I think Alan is who's kind of saying like, oh, well, you know, like I have to be, I'm insecure because, you know, it's bad enough when you're dating someone who half of the population is right. a, uh, like a, a, a threat, a threat. Or a... but now all of the population is threatened. She's like, I'm, you know, I like monogamy and whoever I'm with, that's who I'm being monogamous, monogamous with. with. It's no different. And. Um, so I liked, I liked seeing that perspective and I liked, um, well, I mean, your conversation about, um, how he was afraid she'd get tired of him after a while because she wasn't getting the female side of what she wanted. And mm -hmm. she's like, that's not the way it works. And that's when the monogamy thing came in. And so, yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting perspective that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Well, it's things I like would like to think that I already <laughs> recognized and knew, but it was just kind of interesting to see those conversations taking place on the page and things like that. Um, cause I think there's things about all of our identities that we spend a lot of time defending, you know, whatever it is, whether it's your religion, your gender, your job, whatever, you know, your race, your sexual preference. Yeah. Your... And, um, and so I don't know, it's, it's always interesting when we have a character who's, got something that's a little left of center for lack of a better term. Sometimes you're retired and people make jokes about you not doing anything all day well, long. And sometimes those people are right and it's not really a joke. Like sometimes those people can go <laughs> suck it. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, um, I really liked kind of getting to spend some time with her yeah. and, and learn more about 
that perspective. Um, and we're going to talk about it, but I really like kind of the journey she takes and the lesson she learns by the end about her life and the decisions that she's made and being okay with that yeah. kind of thing. And I have to be honest, and we'll probably talk about this, but it also made me think about my parenting. Mm-hmm. What kind of parent was I? Because I really don't care what kind of parent I am now. But Because <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> like I know I'm fabulous. It seems but... like you didn't care much about it back then either. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it made me think about, you know, was I, I know I wasn't like her parents, like totally, but, you know, did I have shades of that? I don't think I did. I don't think you did. I know some parents. I do too. <laughs> no, some parents. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, anyway, so it made me kind of reflect on my parenting, mm-hmm. wondering, you know, which side I fell on. I forgot to ask a question, include a question about her parents. So let's talk about her parents real quick. Um, her parents were very interesting. Now that I'm thinking about them. Well, they weren't evil. No. And their hearts were in a good place. They just weren't going about it a very good way. No. Because I got where she was coming from. But I can't... And not that I agreed with her parents. But you could kind of... But you as a parent can see where they're coming from. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, like... I have a son who... Didn't complete college, but he's doing great. So did I make my kids all feel like they had to go to college? Was that something that I pushed upon you guys or? um... I think you probably, I mean, I think if (laughs) this sounds terrible, I think if I hadn't gone to college, you would have pushed it more on me because I had shown signs of being able to make it through college. Wow, think much of yourself, do you? <laughs> Mom, don't you lie right I, I now. <laughs> but it was, with you, it was just never even a question. It's just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to put in my papers, We're I'm going to college. So it was, yeah, yeah. it but, never even was questioned. I know. But I think with both of the boys, you were much more open to them taking alternate routes. Yes. Is that fair? That's fair. Uh, <laughs> but you, even if I had decided, I know that you guys... Would have been okay. I would like to think that I would have supported my kids no matter what their choices were in life. You've been you've been good about that. I can tell you that. Even if you chose to come and live back home with your mom, I would support you in that. <laughs> Actually, I kind of really like it. <laughs> I think my dad sometimes questions it. Because but... <laughs> we gang up on him a bit. But yeah, sometimes he needs it. Um, but yeah, so um, I thought the way he wrote the parents was really good and we're going to talk about alan and i mean so let's do that actually because then i can talk well let me just say it was really good in that well like i said you could see where they were coming from yeah and they weren't evil people they just weren't handling things and they were definitely like classist and really huge jerks about that yeah and um i know from reading some comments and from reading um some of the discussion questions at the back of the book that Alexis Hall wrote that that's it sounds like it's a still a pretty big thing like almost I mean I don't want to make generalizations but it almost sounds like it's a bigger deal over there than it is here I can see that like classism and I think it's just because it's so ingrained 
in their history. From the beginning. Yeah. Time almost. <laughs> yeah. Like feudalism and stuff like that. Um, and so. Um, but you could get where her mom was like, you deserve the best and you yeah. should stand up for yourself and you should go for what you deserve. But her mom shouldn't have gotten to choose what it was she thought she deserved. So yeah. I could see, you know, both sides of that argument. I, well, but I totally get that her parents were going about it the right these, way. These parents who are both in the medical field and get and they are very narrow-minded in that being the only option that yeah. is open to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> and I think that that happens a lot, especially, um, I think that happens a lot, not only like medical, but I think um, when like your family is hardwired in a certain profession, then there's a lot of pressure for like the children to. Well, like I had a son that was on track to go into the military and mm-hmm. he wanted to go in the air force and had looked into all those things. And then he met Kristen and, <laughs> and Kristen changed, didn't... changed his mind. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that that, um, I thought that was really well handled and like her parents definitely pissed me off and I was definitely like team her in yeah, that whole situation. Definitely. And I don't want people to think that I wasn't. No, but like it was written in a way to where they weren't mustache twirly villains. Yeah. It was it was a very like kind of recognizable situation. Well, I like the whole fact that her mom seemed to come around or was trying to come around. Yeah. And you know, maybe dad was having a harder time with it. So I mean, I get all that. So that I, you know, I think it was well done. Yeah, me too. Um okay. What did you think of Alan as our initial hero and turned anti-hero well like i said there were just and it wasn't ever anything glaring but there were Mm -hmm. just little hints of wow is this something a romance hero would do and it wasn't um it was just little things that he like little digs he would make on people Mm -hmm. and stuff i was like oh ouch yeah so i kind of realized okay i don't think he's gonna i don't think this is gonna work out Mm -hmm. and then once he started introducing her to his girl, his ex-girlfriend, I was like, oh, this is... As soon as he started talking about the ex-girlfriend, who he also thinks is, you know, she's always bi-curious. been bi-curious and things like that, I was like, mm-mm, I can see exactly where this is headed. <laughs> um, yeah, I never I never quite liked the cut of his jib. Right. First of all, um, this is a thing that I thought for sure was going to come up, and it never did. He always seemed like he was stealing her ideas. He did, kind of. And just... <laughs> If not her ideas, like, sitting on the back of her work and... He was always kind of checking in on what she was doing. Yeah. And, like, felt like, you know, like, she t- said that she went and harvested her own mint and then, like, he went to bed early. But you know he was off harvesting that damn mint. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> well, and just... There were little things that I thought, hmm, I don't know. You know, he talked about being an architect and then doing buildings in Dubai. And I get that architects do stuff like that. And I thought, it's going to come out that he's not really an architect. I just thought something else was going to come out. But I'm kind of glad it didn't because... I thought he was just a douchebag. He was just a douchebag. <laughs> um, yeah. And like you said, he's he start you start seeing these more um, 
little digs at people. He does a lot of digs at Harry, which I think because he feels threatened by Harry anyway. Um, not even only romantically, but also, like, he's a good-looking guy who... He's nice. Yeah. Which, I mean... screw you, Alan. <laughs> um, but, um... But I think Alexis Hall did a good job of making you understand, though, why he is appealing. And I did like his description of the Coswolds, where he's yes. like, anywhere on the water. Yeah, that, that did cry. And that's, so they have, like, a good meet cute, and they have, um, I, I, see, I had read the back cover description, so I knew that there was going to be this switch third party yeah. that showed up. And from the back cover description, sounded like he was the better option, Harry. Um, so I knew Alan was not the end game. Um, but I was, like, very impressed. I'm like, oh, Alan is getting this really kind of cute intro. Um, he's a good-looking yeah, And when guy. she meets Harry, she's, like, not really nice to him. I mean, it yeah. was not a meet-cute. It was more of a meet-disaster. Yeah. Um... And so I thought that that was well played. And, um, you know, she comes to understand, and we also understand that he is a little too much like dear old dad. Yeah. And his kind of... I also liked that when she first meets Alan and he starts kind of like, you can do anything, like... Go back to school. That's a great idea. Da 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 da. And then he starts kind of. Well, then it was like, um, your parents can take care of your daughter. I mean, like pushing the daughter aside. Yeah. There was just all kinds of little things that kind of snowballed. But. Um, but when it when it first comes up, it seems like oh he's he's helped. being encouraging. Yeah. He's and he's he believes in me that I can that and I. And she thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I thought that that was also like a really kind of believable, like you would, you would kind of get into that and you would kind of fall for that. Yeah. His, his racket, you know? Um, so I thought that was well done. Yeah. Um, now we've already talked about him quite a bit, but what did you think of Harry, our true hero? I loved Harry. I loved Harry. Okay. Now I didn't get these vibes and first of all, I'm singly minded, but the way he spoke gave me Roy Kent vibes. Oh. Just his accent and things, he kind of had, it just kind of sounded like a same. He's not grumpy, though, like area. Roy Kent. But he wasn't grumpy like Roy Kent. And I don't think he looked like Roy Kent. No. But that's just, that was my accent that I was hearing in my head when he spoke. Now, Harry is right up my alley. You guys know I like my grumpy heroes, but I think Harry is much more like, what I go for in person. I have kind of a thing for handy guys in like real life. Seriously. Um, first of all, it is sexy as heck to have my husband go fix things. Now getting him to clean his garage is another thing, but <laughs> sometimes getting him to do those things. Right. Is... But when he does, I'm so pleased that I have a man who can fix things. Yeah. But historically that's generally like who I gravitate towards in real life. Um, and she you mean was like your dad? No. <laughs> Don't say that. Huh. Come to think of it. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I often think that. Um, but yeah. Okay. We're yeah. Did I fluster you, Ellen? Yeah, we're gonna get away from that that line of thought. Um 
yeah, she's pretty tough on him in the beginning, and he just kind of goes with the flow and mm-hmm. is just such a sweetheart and um, is there for her when she needs him, which we're going to get to in a second. And, um, yeah, he was just, I just loved him. I wish we had gotten to know him a little bit better, um, and I wish that some of the time that we spent with Alan was with Harry instead. But um, or even just some of the, because now one of my quibbles, one of my quibbles is, kind of dragged during all the Bake Off stuff a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's about a 450-page book, which I think could have been shorter. But if we'd had a little more Harry interjected there, I did love the scene with Anvita. Is that how you say her name? Uh, yeah. Anvita. Yeah. Um, when they <laughs> went to the village and then thought they were being chased by a bull. And <laughs> the whole thing was very funny. It was very entertaining. You could picture the whole thing in your yeah. head and it was just bonkers but um i loved that and yeah. i loved that she just you know talked about how freeing that was just to be silly and oh I'm... i know this i just thought but we also need to say we're super excited for the hating game movie oh super excited S- tangent tangent big time <laughs> but because <laughs> i was thinking this book is kind of cinematic in a way and like it could be a cute movie and then that got me thinking about hating game yeah. sorry that's where my brain was going while mom was talking um, um excuse me <laughs> But <laughs> why are you hanging on my every word? Um, rude? The trailer looks uh, pretty good. Yeah, and it does. I'm excited. And looks like it follows the book pretty good, which yes. I'm very excited about. I'm hopeful for that. Um, anyway, um, yes, I um, I also liked that scene. I and I liked that. You know, towards the end, she has the realization that that Harry's the one that's actually legit been there for her well and here's the thing that i liked is that her friendship with harry grew before her love feelings Mm -hmm. so i i which i think is important and um i also another thing that is like also authentic i think is the um being turned off slightly because you like know you should be attracted to him yeah. Like, I've totally experienced that where it's like, I can't be into him because it's like, look at him. Obviously, I should be into him, but I can't be into that. Yeah. Like. But dang. Yeah. <laughs> but I also thought that was very legit. Um, okay. What did you think of the side characters? Um, I With the baking contestants, I had a hard time kind of keeping track of everybody. Once we but started. Luckily, getting... they started like clicking them away and I was yeah. like, okay. I don't need to worry about this person anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I liked Anvita and, um, I thought she was really funny and, um, I liked that everybody was trying to say that she was sexy and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said, I just want people to say I was excellent and sexy or whatever it was. And, um, they kept saying it and they had to keep saying, no, you can't say that on TV. <laughs> but, um, I also liked his friend Terry that we keep hearing about over and over again. It doesn't and then show up till the end. <laughs> don't meet him till the epilogue. Yeah. Um, I liked Lauren and kind of their funny relationship. Um, yeah. Post having had a relationship. Um, I liked Amelie. I did like Amelie too. But. A little over precocious. A little over precocious. Um, especially now that I'm dealing with children on a daily basis, I'm like, children are not this smart. No. I'm sorry. They're not. And I don't care how great of a mother you are. 
It doesn't happen. Um, but I don't know. I just, yeah, she, she, she was a little, yeah. little over precocious, but she was cute. And, um, some of, and the, we've read worse. Yeah. To be and, honest. And some of the conversations that they would get into were very funny. Um, I liked her whole thing about the Viking, about him being a Viking and, oh, she wanted him to be a Viking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, and, that's cute. And I liked, um, her fascination with like deep water fish and things right like and when he called her a princess and then she says princesses don't do anything that's that's lame i don't want to be a princess he says, okay prime minister <laughs> yeah that was cute um and as soon as like he was getting it in with you know the daughter it's like well obviously obviously this is gonna be the guy yeah. <laughs> um okay what did you think of a romance set in the world of let's face it great british bake-off I thought this book was well done. First of all, there's things I liked that they changed, mm-hmm. and there's things I liked that they did the same. Um, one less, one less challenge. One they less have, challenge. They have like the blind bake and the which they don't have the signature. They don't have the they signature. Just have the, the blind bake and the what is it called? Why can't uh, the sh- showcase? Showcase. Or I think. Um, is that what it's called? Whatever. The yeah. the big one. For me, I loved that it was more of a setting and less of a plot. Yes. Like, the plot was not based around the fact that she was on a baking show. Yeah. It was um, a structure around which her story is based. He's obviously switched. Like, the Paul Hollywood was more the female character. Yeah. And I can't remember the other Prue. Prue was more of the male character. Or Mary Berry, depending on. Depending on what season you're watching. Yeah. But they were more the, the, you know, honey. What was his name? Alistair Honey. Wilfred, Wilfred, Wilfred Honey. Um, um, yeah. So, and there were some other, yeah, I liked having one less thing. Um, it was also nice to, because it, it did kind of keep, because they were speeding through, it was, you were always getting to a weekend. Right. Usually. And then sometimes there so was. it was broken up into weeks, the book yeah. was. And, um, which made it, kind of made the story flow along. I mean, you were able to yeah. follow it also just really made me wish that someone would actually fall in love on that show. I'm like, that's what Great British Bake Off has been missing this whole time, is somebody needs to fall this in love. This whole time. And I love they even brought out, oh, when they were all helping her, uh, Anne Bully, I don't know how to say her name. Um, um, Anvita? Anvita. Um, <laughs> there's just, see all these weird names. I can't, I can't okay. handle it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no offense to anyone named Anvita. But um, the... When they were all helping her bake her cakes. Yeah. And um, they're like, oh, the Americans eat this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's true. Um, well, and I also. I do love how sweet they are to each other. I love how they included um, how there's always, like, the host always has, like, mild innuendos. That yes. That is, like, their bread and butter. Because that's totally true. A thing. And I love when Avita made the penis spread, I think it was. It was supposed to be Big Ben. And Wilfred is talking about only getting that when he was a boy and the boy would come around the back <laughs> and give it to him hot and all and ever. And she's just like, stop. Okay. <laughs> I can't not say something. <laughs> she's like, uh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I so as someone who loves that show and has seen every episode, in fact, we need to catch, that's one we need to catch up on. It, um... But I, I loved having that. And like I said, it was nice to have it not be 
the plot. It was nice right. to just have this kind of story set around Great British Bake Off. And I really even would have been okay because I kind of thought that maybe neither one of them would win. I kind of thought Nora would win. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of... As long as uh, Alan didn't win, I was Yeah, fine. and I didn't think he would. No. But um, I would even would have been okay if, if... Mainly I didn't think the producers would let that happen. Yeah, <laughs> Would let yeah. him win at that point. But... Um, yeah, I, w- I even would have been okay, though, if Rosalind hadn't won. I would yeah. have been okay with Nora winning. I thought that was the way it was going to go, I especially did too. with the way that the message of the book was going, where it was like, but also I was like, she needs the she needs the extra dough. Come on, help, help a sister out. Um, So, but yeah, I, re- I, I, I liked that, and I'm uh, excited that there's going to be more books, kind of. It makes me wonder, because... As the story is going about talking about how these are filmed, I'm wondering how true it is as to how the great yeah. British Bake Well, shows. I know it, I, I'm pretty sure they do kind of shoot every weekend like that. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about kind of the politics behind oh, the whole scene well. and, you know, do they always want a pretty one and a good looking guy? And, you know, it seems like they have a lot of representation from a lot of different countries and, you know, they try to. I mean, I don't think, I mean, if you think about the seasons of Great British Bake Off, there usually is the pretty one. There I know. usually is the granny. I know, and that's why I'm wondering. No, I think, I mean, that's, that's, having worked in casting, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't speak for Great British Bake Off, but reality TV, that is definitely for sure a thing. Yeah, they so I just, it was curious. and then there was other things that went on behind the scenes. I thought, huh, I wonder if that's really the way it is, or if, you know, just when they would cut to do other lines, which I'm sure they do that. I'm sure yeah. they do. But, um, well, and we often watch this, that show and are like, man, that'd be such a pain in the ass to have people constantly, like when you're, especially because frazzled trying to hurry and bake. Something. Every time I watch that show, I'm like, cause that is like my nightmare baking scenario because I take forever to yeah. make things. And so the time limit always sounds like some crazy, ridiculous amount of time that they give them. And then to have people coming up to you and wanting you to, like, redo takes and things like that, that would be my, like, worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the whole thing where she came up and ate one of his cookies. <laughs> and I was I'm like, pretty sure that's happened. I'm pretty sure it has before. happened because I've, I've seen them come up and, and uh, you know, taste stuff. And I'm like... How do you know they've got extra? Yeah. <laughs> Leave their stuff alone. Leave them alone. Let them bake. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about uh, a part of the book that might be a little sensitive. Uh, so if you want to skip ahead a bit so that you don't hear that part. Also, it's somewhat spoilery, which we but we've already sort of alluded to it. Um, but let's talk about the scene where Rosalind is, for lack of a better word, sexually assaulted. Um like I said, I I saw that coming because basically what happens is she arrives for a date with Alan, Alan. and his ex-girlfriend is there who she's met before and he's kind of expressed that she's quote-unquote bi-curious. And um, so she is also there, this ex-girlfriend named Liv, and basically things escalate and Liv comes on to her and starts taking off her clothes and trying, trying to, to make out with trying her. to make out with um Rosalind and um yeah it's very uncomfortable well and i liked that they pointed out that you can't be sexually assaulted by another woman i mean if anyone yeah. who there's sexual advances that you don't want, want to have happen yeah 
Um, Regardless is, of gender. Right. Is sexual assault. And that's across, that's also flip-flopped. Like, a guy can also be sexually assaulted by a but, woman. I mean. Or I a guy can be sexually assaulted by another guy. Yeah. I mean, all, all those things. <laughs> all those things can happen. Um, the biggest problem I had with the whole thing was the way Alan was treating her after she Ugh. was obviously upset and yeah. obviously wasn't into it and obviously didn't want it to happen. Yeah. And he was just treating her like she was being immature and being childish and, and not behaving. But and also that, I mean, like, I could totally believe it. Because... Oh, I, absolutely I could. Yeah. But that was the biggest problem I had with the whole thing was the way he reacted to yeah, it. Yeah, it did make, <laughs> this sounds terrible, but it didn't make me happy, though, that she handled it, Rosalind, exactly right. Right. Like... She stands up. She says, I'm not a fan of this. And she locks herself in the bathroom until someone can arrive to help her. Like, that's exactly right. Right. Especially if she had no way of getting home without someone right. coming to pick her up. Um, so I was glad that, like, you know, because I feel like sometimes you read scenes like this and people succumb or you know whatever and don't, it's, don't handle it the way a normal person yeah would or like that you would hope that they would handle it um i did like though live calling her yes i was also going to bring that up and apologizing and 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 i get i mean i'm glad that rosam was like okay i i understand that you're apologizing but i don't think i ever want to see you again so. <laughs> yeah, it's like and we have no reason to yeah so, so like apology accepted i'm glad that like you've seen the light and understand that that was a really shitty thing to do and now move on with your life and don't ever do anything yeah like that again. <laughs> and, and maybe don't hang out with alan anymore <laughs> yeah because he's a dick <laughs> yeah um yeah i also really liked that and i liked that um well i liked that you could that it was also portrayed that she was somewhat of the victim and not just some right like slutty this, girl who was well this is all alan's little fantasy that he wanted to see yeah. played out and it wasn't necessarily either of their fault well it was a little bit liv's fault yeah, but it was it was liv's fault like he got them liquored up he pushed liv on her mm-hmm. and um well because she obviously had some like issues where alan was concerned right like she had some insecurity you know and i think she things. thought if i do this he'll like me again or yeah. something. And um, anyway, it was a bad situation all around. Yeah. Um, and then Harry, she calls Harry to come pick her up. And he does because he's a true gentleman and we love him. Um, but I'm also glad because she kind of comes on to him and he doesn't let that happen. Right. And I'm glad that that went down Absolutely. that way. And when well. you say she, let's yeah, use our Rosalind, antecedents. Sorry. <laughs> Um, that Rosalind, I mean, she doesn't, like, come on to him, but she basically, like, why don't you come on up? And well, she tried to kiss him, and he's like, eh, I don't think this is a good time. Yeah. And so, and I And I like when he says, like, for the record, ask me later, and I will probably be into it. <laughs> uh, Any other time, I'd be good to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm glad that he recognized that she was in kind of, like, an emotionally fragile state, and that now, that night in particular, was not the night for things to happen. And, you know, he even told her, like, I can see this working long term and I would like it to work long term, but in order... I don't want to start by making a big, huge mistake yeah. now. Um, so, that's the end of that segment. Um, what did you think of, which we've kind of talked about, but the sort of final message of the story, basically, that it's okay to not have it all and to possibly not want it all right. <laughs> necessarily. 
Um, what did you think of that? No, I, I thought that was a great message. I liked the, you know what, it's okay to be happy with your life, even if you're living a mediocre life, but yeah. you're happy. I mean, it doesn't really, by mediocre life, I mean, I mean, anyone that looked at my life would probably think, you've never really accomplished anything. You're not that great. You're pretty mediocre. However. True. Oh. I've been pretty happy, like, 99.9% of my life. So, yeah. so yeah. I would say that that's a win. So, well, and big, I, big W for me. Um, You know, because some people make their career, and I think we talked about this recently with another book, too, but I can't remember which one it was. Which one was the one where she, like, didn't have her shit all figured out, and then, like, the final... Like, every book we've ever read? No, but it was... <laughs> It was a book we just read recently where she didn't know what she wanted to do oh, for a job. Yeah, and we then... even said at the end, we're like, I like that it's not all figured out. I can't remember which one it was. That's You're asking gonna... the totally wrong I person. I know, that's going to bug me, though. Um, but kind of in a similar vein, um, was it... Very, it was Very Sincerely Yours by okay. Carrie Winfrey, there you right? Go. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because she didn't... Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Good call, Ellen. <laughs> Well, I looked back at our list of books. Yeah, I know um, you did. But I liked that with her, she had to kind of, you know, she had a baby at 19. And I think in a lot of ways that made her feel like she was kind of getting bogged down by life. But well, here's another thing I had with this book. And this didn't happen in my life. So let me know if I'm off base here. But when you accidentally have a baby at 19 mm -hmm. and you keep that baby and you move forward with your life, are there really that many people that like belittle you for doing that? It just seems to me like there were a lot I of people. Depending on, I mean, like, I think coming from the background that she did, like the uh, rich, you but, know. But even like the producer on the show and the other contestants on the show, I was like, geez, are this many people going to make some kind of backhanded comment about her getting pregnant in 19. It seems like uh -uh. not something people would do, especially in this day and age. But, you know, maybe I'm off base. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, but I think, you know, like, she's kind of spent most of her adult life thinking that, you know, she's not living up to her potential. And it's based on basically, I think, the messages she's getting from her parents. But, um... It's doing the show and meeting Harry and talking to him and where she, you know, and Harry basically says to her, like, I have a job and I, I like my job okay. It's, it pays the bills and it helps me to, like, keep the things that I love and that are actually important to me happy and provided for, you yeah. know. And, um, and yeah, and I liked that as just, like. Well, and I think we've talked about this before, but I think there's, uh. You know, even if you do something you absolutely love doing, there's still aspects of that job that make it just a job. Yeah. And and you're not always going to find complete enjoyment <clears throat> and fulfillment in a job necessarily. So that's why you find hobbies and people and yeah. things that you love to do even outside your job. Well, so. there's, there are some people that are like very defined by like what their job is. And I think that that's okay, that people that choose to live their life like that and then there's people who look for a little bit more balance and I think that that's all I think it's all okay and I think you know that, you do you whatever makes you happy yeah find your happiness and joy in life yep um and so I like I liked that 
kind of end message I did too. in the book. Um, okay, let's talk about sex, baby. By the way, as one of the readers is going to point out, one of the discussion questions starts with, let's talk about sex, baby. And hey. they say, that he's like, that's a dated reference. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, not dated. Not dated. And Salt and Pepper is, um, you know, timeless. <laughs> Are they, though? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> however, has Alexis Hall been listening to us? <laughs> Uh, I know that he listened to our boyfriend material episode. So there so you go. Maybe. maybe that's that's where it was. This was pretty mom friendly, by the way. It was because even I mean, like we get more sex with Alan, unfortunately, than sweet sweet Harry, who apparently is a very like. Consensual... However, we got more. I think we got more description. Yes, with Harry. Um, which you know, let it be said, like a man who is just like, let me take care of you. Don't worry about me. I'm like. Yeah. Knock yourself out. You're a bee. <laughs> Go nuts. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I did like a lot of their conversations. And he's like, can we stop talking about my ball sack, please? Yeah. Um, this is not entirely related to sex, but I like that in the end when she's realizing that Harry is the guy for her, she realizes like he's the one that I've, that is like actually a friend of mine and that I actually have fun being around and you know it's not work that was the problem with alan alan was always work and Mm -hmm. worry and it wasn't just you know relaxing and easy yeah and she points that out a lot of times how yeah just she feels so comfortable around him yeah um so yeah he was yeah it was very mom friendly but also like we get some descriptors about how he is a giver in the bedroom yeah which we're here for bless him um, what was your swooniest moment? My swooniest moment, Ellen, which is kind of a cheap one, but is after she, not even, it's not even when she's one, but when she goes out on the Spoiler lawn. Spoiler alert. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. I already said something about her winning. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah, you did. But when she, when they're out on the lawn waiting for the judgment and it's actually her who like a taxi. She says, remember when you said maybe later? Yeah. <laughs> and then she attacks him and kisses him and it's delightful. Um, mine is going to have to be because we talked about liking a guy who can fix things. Um, yeah, when he comes and fixes her electrical problem. Yeah. That was and good. then like stays and has fish finger sandwiches and they just kind of have a cute. And I like, you know, when she's talking about, it's nice to just kind of be like, Walking around someone in the kitchen and, you know, yeah. things like that. It was cute. Um, I get irritated when people are in my kitchen. Well, it's because you're a stone cold bitch. Yeah. <laughs> get the crap out of my way. <laughs> um, okay. So that's basically how we feel about the book. Let's hear from some of y'all on what you think. So Sarah says, I really enjoyed this one. I just love Alexis Hall's writing and having a fictional GBBO setting sold me. The one part I felt that went a bit long was when Rosalind lost power and she couldn't figure out how to get it fixed. I'm yelling at the book like, girl, you know a flipping electrician. Harry offered to help you anytime. I will agree. I will agree with that too. I was like, really? That's taking you this long to think about? And then she like. It was her daughter that's like. Yeah. And I was like, really? This didn't come to your mind? Because it would have been my first thought. Yeah. Oh, wait, that sexy beast of a man, you know, offered to fix fix my electricity anytime I needed for free. Oh, yeah, I'll give him a call. Yeah, seriously. That's like immediately where you're, especially because it happened like five days before this happened. Yeah, like she even, like it was 
acting up and she even was there for a weekend. It's like, just freaking ask him to come and over and fix your yeah. electricity. Sarah continues, also, Alan is a super douche and I could see what was going on with him and his friend a mile away. Ugh. And then she used the vomit emoji. And yes, likewise, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, Maida says, I liked this book, but it could have been at least one fourth shorter. And I wish we'd seen more of her relationship with Harry. The class differences and assumptions were explored well. Um, yes. I, I don't know about a f- maybe a fourth. <laughs> it could have been shorter. The beginning... The beginning was, it took, and I told mom, I'm like, you're going to want to get reading because it took me a while to, <laughs> to like, get kind of get, but I think, honestly, that's where the Great British Bake Off stuff helped it because, at least yeah. for me as a fan of that show, um, like, that was at least keeping me right. invested. Well, that and, you know, you're aware of what all's going on and where they're going with that because yeah. we know that show. Yeah. Um, Heather says, I loved this book. It was the right amount of warmness slash comfort. I listened to this a few weeks ago and remember picking it out because I was having a rough week and listening to a GBBO-ish book sounded like what I needed. And it was. I remember when it first came out, I was a little put off by the love triangle description because I hate love triangles, but this didn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also not always a fan of love triangles, but I think he did it really well. Um, Catherine says, I love imagining the relationships and off-camera time of GBBO when they say that these bakers are from London and these bakers are from farther away. You have to think they aren't included in the meetups in the middle of the week. My question to Alexis Hall would be if he interviewed any GBBO contestants for this book. I like the way um, exes as best friends was portrayed. The book was so nice to me when I needed it most, but I hate Alan. He can eat a rock. Uh, one silly thing, when I read, I don't envision myself as the heroines. I think of them more as friends. But when we find out that Rosalind was cast as the hot one, I took it as a personal compliment. Shrug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elizabeth said, I suggested this and I am so happy it was chosen. I really, really liked this book. I am a big fan of The Great British Bake Off, so of course I would love this book. This was a solid four stars. I just wish we had more of Harry. Rosalind was a bit of a snob at the beginning and a tad unlikable, but she grew so much as a character. I was suspicious about, um, Alan from the beginning and he was such a creep. The class system that was in this book is very well done. I've lived in the UK for the past four years and it sadly is still a thing. I'm happy this is book one in a series and I can't wait to see more. I love Alexis's writing and I can't wait to read more from him. Um, likewise, on all fronts. Yeah. Uh, Raquel says, I really, really liked this book. While I'm not a regular viewer of GBBO, I thought it was a very cool idea to use it as the setting of a romance novel. I had a bit of a hard time with how snobbish Rosalind was with Harry, who was nothing but nice to her from the very beginning. I loved how comfortable Harry was in his own skin, and he said some of the wisest and most brilliant quotes of the whole book. A very insightful character. That's true. I didn't highlight a lot of, um, Harry, Harry lines. Alan, on the other hand, was an ass from the very beginning, but I thought the conflict with him and Liv was managed well. The other character I was not a fan of was Jennifer Hallett, the producer of the show. Was it necessary for her to be so rude? This was my second time reading a book by Alexis Hall, and I feel like I learn more about the world and or see things from a different perspective through his story, so I'm definitely interested in reading the rest of the series. Um, yeah, Jennifer, so... It's definitely, like, I can definitely see a reality producer being like that, but I don't necessarily think that 
the Great British Bake Off reality producer <laughs> is like that. I have a hard time buying yeah. that. Um, she was pretty awful. I get that, you know, it would be stressful to be doing something like that as a job. However, to be such an awful person. Yeah. To And produce something Especially, so like, sweet. Outwardly. Seems, yeah. 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 Um, and maybe that's because maybe Bake Expectations is not supposed to be exactly as sweet, but it sounded like it was supposed to be yeah. pretty much like on par with, with Great British Bake Off. So um, I had like, well, like I had the a- whole thing with her not wanting her parents to be interviewed. It seems like they'd say, OK, then who can we interview? I mean, yeah. why would that be so, you know, such a big, huge deal? Or um, there was a couple things I was like, really? This is this is really the battle you're going to fight? Well, um, and I can definitely see someone in that position, like, actually, like, being like that. But I don't think that they would portray themselves like that to, like, the cast and crew right, necessarily. Right. <laughs> um, like, I could see them having moments of, like, you or adults, why am I... Feeling that internally. Yeah, like, <laughs> why am I babysitting these adults? Like, I can definitely understand that. But, um, but yeah, I mean... But I think it just kind of adds Add, added a, something funny to a the zany yeah. character for the plot. Um, cousin Chelsea. Oh, I know her. I know her. <laughs> I've known her for a long time. Um, I've known her her whole life. Me too. Yeah, but I've known her more like when you were. Okay, never mind. Anyway, go. That's not true. <laughs> um, oh, that's true. But anyway. After, so Chelsea says, after the, I believe, spring book report, someone recommended this one and it immediately sparked an interest. I listened to this book this summer and loved it, especially since I was in need of the GBBO. It was a nice substitute. I liked that Rosalind ended up with the working class guy, not the successful rich guy. I don't feel like I get that very often in the books I read slash listen to. My one complaint about Rosalind was she was a little confrontational for my taste and it came off as snobbery. And I think that's a good way of saying that. Um, and Vita gave me Keely vibes, sweet, cheeky, and a bit sassy. There you go. That's a good call. Um, Harry was, which she's saying, I'm assuming she's referring to Keely from Ted Lasso, which I haven't talked to Chelsea about watching Ted Lasso, but how would someone in our family watch it without us telling them to? <laughs> yeah, you don't have our Apple password. Well, she does listen to the show, though, and we do talk about it a lot <laughs> on the show. Sure. Um, so she knows we watch it. Anyway, um, she says, Harry was such a sweetheart, and their sex scene at the end was probably the most consensual I've ever read. Yeah, it was super consensual. <laughs> yes, very. Um, my biggest quibble with the book, and maybe it was made worse by listening to it, was her eight-year-old daughter was too precocious, in my opinion. I ended up getting annoyed anytime her daughter was in the scene. And Chelsea knows because she has an eight-year-old, I'm pretty sure. Um, besides <laughs> somewhere that, around there. Or somewhere around there. <laughs> besides that, a wonderful listen. I gave this one a love. Um, good. I'm glad, Chelsea. Uh, Rhea says, everything Alexis Hall writes is pretty much guaranteed a five-star read for me. This is the first one I felt was a little too long at times, but I always appreciate a rom-com that is actually funny. Not a fan of cooking or baking shows, but really liked it in this book. Harry was very swoony. <sighs> I know. Well, hey, you're not either, except for Great British Bake Off. That's true. <laughs> I don't like all the cooking shows. I don't like where they're like yelling at each other. I do. I love a Top Chef that's and a. That's because you're an awful person. Yeah. Um, Harry was very swoony, and I love when differences in background or socioeconomic status are a big part of the conflict because it feels realistic and makes for a really compelling character dynamic. Um, I would yes. say. 
I did like that she wound up with the working class guy. And usually, you know, we have to have a hero that's a billionaire or millionaire or whatever, ridiculous heir. And um, so I liked that aspect of the book because, you know what, life isn't always like that. Yeah. And so I like. And good guys can be poor, too. Yeah. Well. And he wasn't even poor. He was just like. just like normal Joe. Yeah. Bless him. Um, Jennifer says, I loved this book and Alexis Hall is my favorite writer. He's so funny and so good at creating emotional depth in his characters. Harry is my vote for best book boyfriend of the year. He's a stone cold, stone cold hottie who is kind, thoughtful, sweet, and fixes things. Yeah. It's hard to get much better than that. I love how he, how he admits to his anxiety and eventually tells Rosalind that she was right about getting help for it. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, cause she basically... And this, this is not a scene where I was mad at her. No. And I wasn't mad at him. I get that he was, well, she just, he was explaining his anxiety. Yeah. And she said, have you ever thought to get, you know, to talk to someone about it? Mm-hmm. And he kind of flew off the handle a little bit. Well, and I, from my understanding too, especially like the neighborhood that he comes from, it's a very kind of laddie culture where it's very judgmental well, and, and stuff it's, like and, that. And men are men, you right. know, and like they don't have problems and they don't talk about their emotions and things like that. And so I I bought into that, that he would get very defensive about being told that he has maybe, you to know. To go talk to someone. Yeah. Um, and so I believe that. And I am also glad that he, you know, was big enough to come and tell her, like, I actually did go get help and you were right. And I appreciate you and yeah. where you were coming from kind of thing. So. That was all good. Um, he listens to her. So this is Jennifer still. He listens to her. He is fundamentally a good person and a good friend. He calls Amelie prime minister. So sweet. And I swooned when he told Rosalind she was really pretty, like princess pretty. <laughs> yeah, he was so sweet. Uh, other observations. And Vita is excellent and sexy. Someone had to say it. <laughs> that was excellent. I loved all the side characters. Alexis Hall excites, excels at side characters. I would agree. Uh, you definitely. I like the length of the book. I think it allows for greater understanding of Rosalind's inner journey and gives us enough time to unfold the awful Alan's motives and keep noticing how wonderful Harry is. Um, I love the LGBTQ plus themes in the book. The author's questions for discussion at the end of the book are best I've ever seen. And he even stole Ellen's Let's Talk About Sex Baby. Hey. Oh, well. Yes, thank you. <laughs> One question. Where is Amelie's father? Tom is mentioned several times. And in the very beginning of the book, Rosalind says he's a good guy and involved in Amelie's life. But he never appears. He never has a weekend with her. Calls. Nothing. He doesn't seem to be co-parenting with Rosalind. One last thing. Please make sure everyone knows that Boyfriend Material is getting a sequel aptly titled Husband Material set for August 2nd, 2022. Oh, cute. Um, yeah, that's a good question about Tom. Yeah, because he should have been helping out at least on some of these weekends. Yeah, especially because she was always kind of scrambling to find someone to, and that he was never even an option to call and be like, hey, could you take her for a weekend? Yeah, and also because uh, she's very quick to defend him and, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, he's her kid's father and he's a good guy and yada, yada. And it's like, okay, well then where is he? <laughs> so that was a good call. Yeah. That is a good call that I didn't even really think about. I didn't either. Just used to men being scumbags. Just kidding. I'm not. Um, well, you are a little bit. I'm a little bit. <laughs> um, 
Jen says, this was a re-listen for me. I did this book for the free-for-all when it first came out. I agree with everyone else that Alan is the worst and we need more Harry. Every time Alan calls Rosalind, Rosalind, um, Palmer, I wanted to punch his face. <laughs> well, it was cute. Like the first few times. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, dude. And then when Liv used it, uh, I was like, oh, uh, no. You're like, no, no bitch. No. no. Um, yes. And every time Harry calls Rosalind mate or Amelie, uh, prime minister, I swooned. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get all the Alexis Hall trademarks, the wit, banter, and great side characters. I'm just going to list some of my favorite scenes. When Rosalind meets Harry and she's explaining that her name is from Romeo and Juliet. That's cute. Yeah. Any scene with Amelie and Laura in it. Yeah, that was good. Brad Week, all the stuff with Envita's Big Ben and all the innuendo was hilarious, as was Ricky's dragon smog whose head exploded. Yeah. Um, the trip to the village. I think some of that stuff, though, is, like, better if you're a fan of Great British Bake yeah. Off. Because it's, like, so... You can just picture it happening. Yeah. It's just <laughs> horrific when uh, it does happen like, on the show. It's, so on brand for that show. Um, the trip to the village, uh, Rosalind and Vita and Harry take, the Seps conversation, the walk home, and the tirade by the producer, Jennifer, the scene where Rosalind screws up her Dolce and is about to cry, and Grace steps in and starts swearing so they can't use the footage. That was <laughs> That cute. was cute. Um, uh, I did like Grace. I liked her yeah. as a, I mean, you know, there's a couple things she did that were entertaining, but, um... Yeah, overall, she was kind of a fun character. Yeah, and and she did kind of come across like how a lot of the hosts come across, where they're kind of more there to just be a little support system for the contestants um, more than anything. But and then finally, Harry reading with Amelie. That's cute. So cute. Uh, This first time I read this book, I gave it four point five stars because I was annoyed with the love triangle. This time, I understand why Hall sets it up that way. To compare and contrast Alan and Harry. So five stars. I love this book. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Victoria, who's fairly new to romance, um, says, this is a solid four stars for me. I'm about 70% in and really enjoying it. I've lived in the UK for four years now and getting obsessed with the GBBO was mandatory. Reading this while watching the current season is a bit weird, though, and I can't help but read the judges' comments in Paul and Prue's voices. <laughs> yeah. Everything in the book is quintessentially British, including the shitty trains, Alan's type of dickishness, passive-aggressive comments, and Harry's love, quote-unquote love, and quote-unquote mate, which I don't hate when it's not condescending. Um, I really hate Rosalind's parents, though. <laughs> this was my first book by Alexis Hall, and I like his style. I've also realized that he might be the first male author I read since, um, starting reading romance. Yes, I know that, um, Alexis Hall is kind of genderqueer, um, but goes by he, him, um, and, uh, I would recommend. Yeah, definitely read Boyfriend Material. Yeah, like, but also, Chris Brinkley wrote that story of Zach that was so if you want to read another romance book by a male yeah um but yeah definitely read boyfriend like we yeah we like love 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 loved boyfriend material um well don't oversell it but we we love love loved it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah mom any final thoughts on this book um no I thought it was a fun read even though it was long I got through it pretty quickly Mm -hmm. for me and um yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I really liked it. And I um, I liked that it was it felt different than a lot of the other books that we He read. does banter just so well. Yeah. And just you can, I mean. Well, and I think we even said, and I said this earlier, but we said this with Boyfriend Material too, where it's very cinematic. Like you can see each scene like play out 
Yeah. Like, in your head, like a movie scene. Yeah. And, um... And... But the banter is just so well written that you can you can just see them having this conversation and yeah. it being just fun and cute and quirky and entertaining. Yeah. Um, so another win. I'm, I'm loving the Alexis Hall. So keep them coming. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Rosalind Palmer takes the cake by Alexis Hall. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both not, not your mom's from. Or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On November 15th, we'll be chatting about The Heart Principle by Helen Huang, who's another winner on the show, typically. Um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. All right. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.